The following podcast will contain graphic, disgusting, crass, foul, mature, and immature content. This is Colvic Darksy. I'm a half-orc cleric. I'm really into CrossFit and spreading my dark seed. Shakes. I am Melvin Hardy. I am a high elf wizard. Unfortunately, sometimes I turn people inside out. adventuring team bloom isn't directly for sale he likes you guys a lot though (laughs) maybe if you offered him a job put him on the salary and we don't like him that much are we at all nervous about having breakfast anymore after the last time because we're the very good adventuring team we're not like the average adventuring team (laughs) we're not the bad adventuring team we're the very good adventuring team he's not literally plowing in though he's not wrecking your floors Oh, bear. Oh, well, who cares? I'm just going to shoot fire, and if the bear happens to get me, the <laughs> What would you like to do? Um, open, the, open the portable hole and jump in. Just make a really loud boom saying, go away, bear. Boy, that was a clusterfuck. You see two sets of armor on either side of it. Those probably aren't going to come to life. What shape would you like this spiritual weapon to be in? Um, this one? For Roscoe, I want it to be a rock. It's a big rock. It's just, it's just a big rock. <laughs> I mean, this isn't like a fuss roda or anything. Like, you, I think you can... Whoosh. It'd be cooler if it was. That would be amazing. Have them all, like, rattling around Whoa. in that room. They <laughs> ragdoll. <laughs> I fucking love ragdolling. Bring people to the top of that mountain and blow them off. It's the greatest thing. You had, a, you had a plan, right? This is your plan the whole time? <laughs> neat. <laughs> neat. <laughs> Nobody's, I haven't heard anybody say neat in a long time. <laughs> That's neat. And Roscoe, it is over to you. Take my action before my turn? Hmm? Can I take uh, like, a, like a movement or whatever? Oh, yeah. I'm going to flip the guy the bird. Excellent. <laughs> I'm going to shoot my short bow at him. <laughs> 16. 16 is definitely a hit. Glad I hit. With five piercing damage from your arrow, it sinks into the space where the eye would be, the right eye, and pierces through the back of the helmet. And the suit of armor just crumples in upon itself, falling to the floor in a loud clang and clatter. And you have exited awesome. combat. Right. Very, very well handled combat. 
Well, I think that's much, all we can see in here. Let's go home. Much better than the last bout of combat that we had. <laughs> <laughs> way less bees involved. <laughs> Significantly fewer bees involved in this combat. That's, that's what we should fill the portable hole with, bees. <laughs> <laughs> and then just let it loose in the middle of town. Oh, man. It would be so much easier to get the bees, too. Yeah. Because you just put the portable hole under the bees' nest and then just cut it loose. <laughs> oh, we could... Man, that could be like a secret weapon. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. Not even storage, just... Oh, enemies? How do you like our bees? <laughs> well, bees need oxygen, don't they? I mean, oh, yeah. they'd suffocate. I mean, as long as, you know, we open up... The... Probably not a lot, though, right? I don't know. Just every so often, just open up the portal so they yeah. get the oxygen in. So you are in, you're in the, the dirt spherical room, the bear's den. There's about a three foot wide hole now in this wooden door, this ancient rotted wooden, wooden door. And there are two collapsed suits of armor on the other side of this. Well, and a, a door on the far end of that room. What do you do? Break through the rest of the way? Yeah, let's go into this next room. With a warhammer, the rest of it open on the bottom. Takes you a little bit of time, but eventually you bust a clear path through this thing. You get into the next room. It's as described earlier. It's a it's a roughly square twenty foot room uh, with a ten foot domed ceiling. On the far side is now just a wooden door. It's a pretty plain wooden door. It's just got like a plain wooden like handle on it. This room is it like stonework or? Yes, it's stone. All right, let's take a look at the armor. Is any of the armor of any use? Yeah, I mean, it's a set of armor. It's no longer enchanted to be attack-worthy or whatnot, but it's essentially two suits of full-plate armor. Oh, full-plate. Let's say we just shove this into our portable hole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you Good go. Yeah. You shove two suits of armor into <laughs> your portable hole. Yeah, I think full-plate's going to be pretty heavy for even really any of us to wear. I mean... I'm kind of a big guy, but... Worth um, something to sell, though. Uh-huh. Do you have proficiency in heavy armor? No. Okay. I don't believe so. So you scoop up that armor. Armor's all armor's all scooped up into the hole. Nice. So, um, Roscoe, do you want to investigate this door? Yeah, I'll take a look at this door. The door itself, it's not even worth a roll. I mean, it's just kind of a loose-fitting, uh, like on some pretty ancient leather straps, more or less. You know, it's just wedged into the door frame at this point. Doesn't look to be anything special about it. The handle doesn't even turn. It's just literally something to grab onto to pull or push. All right. So I'll pull the door open. You pull the door, it more or less just clatters right off of the hinges, just falls. I mean, this is a pretty ancient room. And you can see into the room beyond is a, it's a smaller chamber past this doorway. You walk in there and, you know, it's just, it's just a stone room, the same construction as the room that you were in. A real old dusty smell to this place. In the center of this room, though, is a single slab of stone. Uh, it's dark, it's polished, and lying on this slab is a long-since-decayed skeleton holding a wooden chest. What would you like to do? I want to take a look at this chest. Upon the chest, you see... It's a little wooden chest, and you see a little silver plaque on it. You kind of, like, like, squeak it off with your shirt sleeve, and you can see the following inscription. Fuck you, Theron. I'm taking it with me. And that's it. It's just a little wooden chest with a <laughs> angry inscription on it. This guy hated Theron. Yeah, he did. <laughs> All right, I'm opening the chest. 
You open this chest. It, it opens easily. It's not locked or anything. And you find within it uh, a variety of gold and gems and other things worth about uh, 1,877 gold pieces. Hmm. What's that? 1,000 what? 1,877. Holy shit. If you can't tell, I'm rolling numbers for your random amount of loot you guys get from things. I like it. <laughs> seems um, seems more realistic for some reason than like everything being an even number, even yeah. though... Anyway. <laughs> we don't trust even numbers. I assume so, you guys take the treasure. Yeah. I also want to check out the skeleton. Is there anything on it? Any notes or anything? Nah, there's just, you know, some ancient rotting clothes. And as you pick up the small chest, the uh, the like one-eyed willy, the hands crumble away and... Uh, you now have a bunch of loot. Yeah. Well, who this Theron Maybe is. this guy was Chester Copperpot. He's just a gritty old fuck that hated Theron. <laughs> what if Theron's still alive? <laughs> I mean, I thought there'd be something special in that chest. I mean, money's cool and all, but... You guys are saving up. I'm trying to give you money. Hmm? Firehouses are cool. So you grab the treasure and shit from here. You make your way back to this Hayseed's house and... You know, let him know that the bear is gone. You show him the big pelt and whatnot. He gets all excited that you left the corpse out there. He's going to go harvest some bear meat from it. He gives you the 73 gold that he and his neighbors had collected up to, uh, to scare off this bear. And thanks you kindly for your service. Mosey on back to the homestead. You do... I guess I really haven't asked you guys, what are you doing with all of your money? Are you just leaving it in the hall? Yeah. I mean, we had, a, we had a safe there at one point. Yeah, we did establish in fiction at one point that there was a safe. Yeah, we did. So, I don't know. Whatever you guys want to do with it, but... That's how we just put all of our shit in a hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the safe, or the hole is safer than a safe, even. Right. Yep. Can't have the shit with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Anybody interested in buying that two sets of armor that we collected? Yeah, we'll deal with that... Um... I'll look that up outside a game and see what that's going to take. I don't, I don't think it'll take much to sell it. You guys have a lot of traffic and passersby going through town, but mm-hmm. um, I think a set of full plates worth like fifteen hundred gold or something like that. But nice. like I said, we'll we'll yeah. deal with that outside. And this is fairly ornate armor, so Ooh. you're gonna have to put it up in the consignment store. <laughs> I want to have this pelt made into a cloak. Ooh, a bearskin yeah. cloak. Winter is coming. To uh, a rug. To make love by the fire on. Not only for warmth. Make I love by the like job a suit. Yeah, hey, there you go. To make some bear underwear. Bear underwear? I don't that think that would be work. particularly comfortable. Be warm. <laughs> I just had a lot of... Never mind, I'm not going down any of those paths. <laughs> so you guys, get, you guys walk back to the house and um, you're, you're talking about how you're going to put the armor up in the consignment store and whether you're going to make a cloak or underpants out of the bear pelt. <laughs> Without warning, everything goes black again. Ah, damn it. Just <laughs> <laughs> what it could be just now. Jesus. <laughs> As the darkness fades from your vision, you find yourself sitting in very comfortable chairs. Oh. Hmm. Kolvik, Melvin, the two of you are facing each other. Roscoe, you find yourself facing Exude. As a reminder, she is about seven foot tall. Uh, she isn't wearing any clothing. Her skin is onyx marbled with iron. Yes, Melvin, she has boobs. <laughs> You're seated in what feels like an outdoor area, but when you look up, the sky is pure black. Like, it is unfathomable blackness. Uh, like, the blackness of pure nothingness. And it, it actually, like, bends your mind a little bit to look at it for too long. It's uncomfortable, and you have to look away. 
Like that paint they painted that sphere with? Yeah. Made yeah, it yeah. Look, just look like a hole. That shit oh, is man. fucked up, man. Really weird. Um, but otherwise, uh, other than that, it looks like you're in an exceptionally um, well and beautiful crafted, but overall normal sort of stone courtyard. There's some vines and some fountains. Uh, you can, it just kind of feels like you're hanging out outside. Uh, Exute looks to all of you and says, welcome to Yasya. I expect this is your first time here. Yes, yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm gonna look. <laughs> making puns to goddesses. <laughs> I'm gonna actually look really wide-eyed and really surprised, like whoa, like really fascinated. And I'm gonna pull out the copper knockers and try to compare them and see if they're the perfect boobs. <laughs> I think she brays like a jackass at Melvin's pun. <laughs> She does give, uh, she gives a very gentle smile. You can tell she's amused. She's like, who are these fucking idiots that I... <laughs> Bunch of jackholes I've been trusted with. Has she been watching us throw rocks and bees at things? <laughs> Those are my champions. <laughs> Go get him, slugger. <laughs> so, by the way, just for everybody's uh, information, you would have heard of this before, by the way. Uh, Yasya is essentially the, the gods of this world. This is their version of Olympus. Uh, it is the place they go to get away from the normal mortal world. Um, it is often referred to as the eternal shared dream of the gods. So she chuckles at your at your pun, um, and she <laughs> she gives you like a Kolvik, She gives you a look that's the rough equivalent of like a pat on the head <laughs> as you're holding up the copper knockers, comparing to her. She she smiles at all of you. She says, "You are not yet powerful enough to fulfill my purpose for you. Your equipment is common. Your skills are improving, but still very rough. I must hone you to be worthy, Kolvik." You seem to be the one keeping everyone alive. To the south, near the town of Barton, there is a small keep in a forest. I have marked it on this map for you. And she tosses you a, a little parchment scroll. A group of bandits there hold an amulet, though they do not know its purpose or power. This amulet will aid you in keeping your friends alive. When you have retrieved this, I will send for you again. Ooh, I'm really excited. I'm just going to check out this map. All right. You unfold, unfold that map, and it gives you a rough idea. It's not too detailed or anything, but it gives you, it gives you enough detail that you would know how to get to this area. Um, she kind of smiles and, and looks at each of you in turn. Nothing. No bunnies to kill this time? <laughs> are you sure? She says, no, there are no bunnies to kill this time. Oh. So why us? Koala bears? <laughs> 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 She's, she smiles at you and says, no, you don't need to kill anything this time. <laughs> and as to why you, I see potential in you. I see purpose. And I'm giving you that purpose. So completely fucking cool of you, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> she says, you're welcome. <laughs> we're just still completely awestruck about what we're doing. So what? Is our final purpose for what you want us for? <laughs> what is our special purpose? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I need to watch The Jerk again. I love that movie. 
<laughs> I was born a poor black boy. <laughs> I finally found out what my special purpose is for. I wish you could all be here. <laughs> she looks at you, Kolvik. She says, there's a balance to your world. A balance which has been lost through greed and selfishness. I will restore this balance. I will return things to their rightful place. And you will help me to do this. Uh, does it involve death? It might. Oh, is that you speaking? Or is that Exude? Oh, that, yeah, that's her. Oh, okay. That's her speaking. Could you, could you maybe use a different voice for her? I... that's the only voice i got in my head right now is redneck um yeah she she says there will likely be a great deal of death in the wake of you well how does that make you feel roscoe you gotta be like from six to midnight here and then i bet (laughs) let's get it on (laughs) i'm actually gonna ask her do you know where i can find hiaya She's, she says she's across the courtyard. Whoa, do we get to just roam around here now? In Yasia? Um, she's, so she says, it's not why I brought you here, but I can show you around if you'd like. I'm just like jumping up and down. I'm like, finally, finally, gee, finally. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> she does say she can't guarantee that she'll be there, but there's a chance. So what this place is, by the way, is... Uh, is um, and she's kind of walking you through this and talking about it as you guys stand up. Um, essentially what this is, is out in the midst of this nothing, uh, this other dimension, this other plane, there is this floating rock. Like, it looks like an inverted mountain, more or less. And it's a big hexagon floating in space. In the center of this is a very large courtyard area. It's sort of the neutral ground or the common area. And the gods use this as, like, their meeting place, uh, a place where, that, uh, let's call it neutral ground. If they ever need to get together to discuss things or decide on something or whatever, this is where they come together to to talk things through. Rimmed around the outside of that courtyard are 12 separate districts. In each district, there's one for each god. And that's essentially their personal play space where they can be alone, where they can bring some of their followers should they choose. Uh, They can shape it in any way that they see fit. Sort of their little home away from home, you might say. Um, Some of them have followers that actually live in those spaces, attendants. Uh, Some of them bring lovers there. Some of them uh, have entire generations and families that live there with them. Some have nothing or, you know, it's not really known what they have behind those. So So you're walking out of Exute's uh, very beautifully crafted place, which you're noticing is, is like, is not like what you would think of for a god of death or anything like that. Everything seems very well ordered. Uh, there is actually a great deal of life there. Uh, plants and vines and shit birds, whatever. Not shit birds. <laughs> <laughs> shit birds? <laughs> <laughs> shit birds? Oh, you'll see the divine shit birds. <laughs> Don't look up. <laughs> walks you out into the... She walks you out into the courtyard from there and... It's, it's huge. Like it's, a, it's a very, very large, fairly open plaza uh, in the center of the space. And again, beautifully crafted beyond measure, far more than anything human beings have, uh, or really mortals in general, have managed to craft at this point. And you walk uh, a little ways away from, from like the doorway. This, by the way, there's like a 20-foot wall all the way around this. 
uh, the central area, and that's kind of what cordons this off from those outside areas. Um, she walks you a couple doors down and knocks on the door. And, uh, and, and Kolvik, you can feel like a call. You can feel a call from this place. Like you physically want to be inside of this place. So um, inside. Um, but nobody so comes far. to answer the door. She's not there. Regrettably, you do not get to meet your goddess today. Once again, just let me down. Yeah, well. Oh, like you are very blue. Because you can't get inside. You're serving a death now, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the, what know. does the sky look like right now? Because you said, like, if everybody's world or district meets in the center, is it, like, eight different skies in the middle? Or, like... It's the same sky. This is just a big floating platform, essentially, in the middle of this nothingness. Oh, so When it's you not look just... up everywhere, you see this nothingness. Oh, okay. So that wasn't just Zoot Sky, though. Or like, yeah. Zoot Sky, yeah. that was... Everybody's sky. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna Avoid. ask Zoot for a piece of paper, and then write on it. Hey, Kolvik here. Can just give me a call sometime. I really appreciate it. And sliding under the door. <laughs> come, come give me a visit sometime. You write a note to a goddess and slide it under her door. XOXO. XO. XO. Kolvik. That is perfect. Mm-hmm. You do that. I mean, I'm getting kind of desperate here. I've kind of had the amulet, lived my whole life. I haven't really hold it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. You're waiting on a you're waiting on a sign from heaven, or Yasia, as the case may be. Yasia. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're too tainted. You know, you've seen too many boobs. You've done too many things. Carrying boobs with you now. Yeah, admiring boobs, comparing boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but we'll find out. So she walks you guys back to um, back to her domain, essentially, um, and you you sit down in her little courtyard area again. And she says, "Is there anything else that you want from me right now?" Well, it's more of those opals. <laughs> <laughs> she nods. Got her. Do you have like a a better bow? <laughs> <laughs> One with which I can kill people in your name. She says, your turn will come. All right. Fetch the amulet first. Did I say it was an amulet? Yeah, you did. did. I did. Okay. She says, fetch the amulet first. Uh, She stands. She says, if there's nothing more. Thanks, lady. So? You have nice onyx iron boobs. (laughs) How do you you become a resident of this place? It's pretty nice up here. (laughs) She says, if you fulfill my purpose... And that's what you wish as a reward? We can talk. Yeah, you're probably going to have to die to do it, so... She, sa- she looks at you and says, The dead aren't allowed here. This is a place for the living. Hmm. All right. Thanks for the clarification. <laughs> well, cool thing, yeah. Uh, I, got- <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's, I got, what, I got, that's I got, what I'm like. We didn't really have a choice coming here. I got, so. I got an ambulance, so... <laughs> what kind yeah. Of- <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, do we have a say in this matter? Or... She says, you can choose to deny me if you want. For me, personally, I mean, it sounds like this is a nice little mission for me to get something cool, like an amulet, and help things, so I'm really worried. Well, asking for you, Mm -hmm. do do these gods mostly get along? Like, what's the, what do you, what are, are you asking, sorry, before you go on, are you asking me out of game, or are you asking her directly? Oh, good question. It's probably uh, like any other. I think I'm asking you out of game. Like, yeah. what? How do we? How do we envision the relationship is between 
Kolvik's god and the one before us? In general, the relationship between the gods and goddesses is one of basically everything you can think of. It's been warlike at times, it's been peaceful at times, uh, sometimes it is contentious, sometimes it is very uh, joyful, sometimes they're friends, sometimes they're enemies. Um, I mean, these are, as I've said, eternal beings, essentially. They've gone through just about everything. And again, a good comparison would be like Greek or Roman pantheon. They're personified. They have their own unique needs, desires, wants, etc. Um, you can tell that Exude's relationship with Haea is probably fairly good because mm -hmm. she was willing to walk over there and knock on her door. Right. Um, so those two seem to be maybe not best of friends or anything like that, but on good terms. Okay. I feel kind of bad because we ask that question like every two episodes or so. Like, so do these guys like each other? <laughs> it's mostly me asking. That's why I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I think it, it gets a little bit more real, like as now we have an actual form of the god uh, that we're actually yep. seeing and talking to. And now we're like, in a way, living amongst them a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think it's funny that they have doors. <laughs> yeah. They respect each other's privacy. I'm just asking because if... Because we're also now doing the bidding of a god, and usually mm -hmm. if there's one god that wants us to do something, chances are there's another one that may not want us to do something. So, yeah. just thinking out loud. Anywho. <laughs> Whatever, lady. So. Seems like uh, Roscoe is pretty much enjoying this whole uh, Exute situation, though. You've been pretty beckoning a call at every end. I'm down with Exute. <laughs> nice. Down I don't know if I'm Exute. down with Exute yet. Not down with the zoot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so she. Remember, I saw my parents turn inside out. I'm a little dark. True. True enough. I get it. I guess as your as your 238 year old self, or however, have 227. you 227. 227. Apologize. Have you seen anything like this? Really. No interactions. I mean, you hear things, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we've all heard of people having interactions with yeah. the gods, but never anything personally. Finally, Melvin has something to react to. He's like, whoa, okay. Mm -hmm. And I don't. Yet. And <laughs> yet I don't. <laughs> I wonder if people ever fornicate with the gods. You've definitely heard stories about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you don't know if they're true or anything like that. You don't have any proof at this point, but you've definitely heard stories about people knocking boots with some gods and goddesses. And there's a lot of stories about like, that amongst the gods, speaking of their relationships, of, of them having relationships with each other. Um, gender is a very fluid thing for them. Sexuality is a very fluid thing for them. So there's, you know, you're around for a really long time. You're going to try everything once, right? So they've definitely tried just about everything. <laughs> Even weirder sex moves. <laughs> yes. Gamora. They have Gamora. <laughs> the sex would you have to do like survival role <laughs> with the god? Uh, they're pretty powerful. Might be some smoo smoo situation there. Snoo <laughs> snoo. Or snoo stew, that's what it was. <laughs> Alright, so this lady has a secret purpose for us. We don't know what it is. She nope. wants us to go get an amulet. Yep. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Glad you're so <laughs> stoked about it as you are. Uh, so she she expectantly looks around for any other, you know, whatever from you guys. You all kind of give a thumbs up. And she uh, raises her hand to snap her fingers like she did last time you saw her, Roscoe. Uh, and before she says it, she looks at you and says, One last thing. Protect the child. We'll need her too. And then she snaps her fingers, and you guys are back where you uh, 
back where you were standing before you got teleported away. Hmm. Huh. A thickening plot, if you mm-hmm. will. A direction to go. Something was thickening while we were with Exude. <laughs> <laughs> you played it cool, though. Hello to all of my favorite people. As always, thanks for coming back. This break is going to be a bit long, so strap in and get comfortable. I have a handful of corrections from previous episodes that have been lingering for a while. Going all the way back to episode 7, we had a riddle. The original riddle is actually about apples and oranges. The gang was only supposed to see one thing from the box they chose, not the entire contents of the box. Do a little Googling around for apples and oranges riddle, you'll see what I mean. Thanks to Dr. Ezekiel from the Chaotic Goodness podcast. He gets credit for being the first to point that out. Next is Melvin's bomber jacket. It seemed dumb that it didn't provide any benefits, so I retooled it to be functionally the same as leather armor. We also weren't adding the red crocs properly, and those are a plus one. Those two things together bring Melvin's armor class up to 14. Now, Kolvik's AC was also not calculating properly, and I fixed that too. His regular armor class with scale mail and the dragon snout shield on is 19 total. In case you're wondering, Roscoe's AC is 14. We were also doing spell casting a little wrong. I had stated that you could cast a spell as both a bonus action and as an action. While that is technically true, you cannot do both in the same round. Beyond this, Kolvik's spiritual weapon is not a concentration spell, as was mentioned in the last episode. Sorry about that. I really don't have all the rules memorized. I barely have any of them memorized, actually. I'm always trying to become a better dungeon slash game master. If you catch any rule errors in the way we play, you can reach out using Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Tumblr, MySpace, LinkedIn, or any of the other social media platforms. Links to all of those can be found on thevgat.com. Remember, T-H-E-V-G-A-T dot com. I also wanted to take a moment to thank some new friends I've made in the Actual Play podcasting community. There are hundreds of Actual Plays out there now, which is crazy because I feel like a year ago I could barely find 10. I guess it pays to know where to look. Anyway, the first one is Advanced Sagebrush and Shootouts, which has been a really fun listen. They're using the Fate system. Their audio is spectacular. The second is Chaotic Goodness. They're using the Uncharted World system. Their audio isn't perfect right away, but things really take off in episode six. Both of these podcasts are super worth the listen, and I'm personally really enjoying both of them. If you can't find them, send me a tweet and I'll guide you in. Oh my god, it has been an awesome week for reviews. Steve Droid says, Great show, fantastic audio, right from the start. Very well fleshed out homebrew world. I'm glad I found these guys. Keep up the good work. Grandmaster Smack says, This show is a guilty pleasure for me. Its crude and immature humor hits all the right spots for some reason. I haven't laughed this much listening to any other D&D actual play podcasts. D&D Raw tells us, great chemistry, and I love how the cast works together. There's a sense of lightness and levity to things, even when the story seems like it might be getting too heavy or dark. I like seeing that the DM is not just having the party go and fight the monster, but is building the story. Highly recommended for fans of thematic music, puns, advanced interrogation techniques, meerschaum pipes. And finally, Make Love Like War says, Like others have said, it is a super funny show, but the group also does a great job making you care about their characters and giving them interesting motivations. 
They also have a wonderful dynamic with each other, and that makes you feel like you aren't just listening to the fun, but are part of it. If I were to overhear these guys gaming in a store, I would totally think I would find myself standing on the wall and watching them. Folks, we are super grateful for all of these kind words and five-star reviews. It makes us so happy, and it really helps put our beautiful logo in front of more eyeballs. I I'm just kidding. I know our logo is stupid, and I can say that because I designed it. I showed it to one of my graphic designer friends, and they immediately started pitching ideas for a better one, so I am 100% confident it sucks. I'm so sorry you have to look at it. Well, all right. Thanks for bearing with me through all of that. Let's get back to adventuring. The thing that Roscoe got now is two dragon tooth daggers. I yes. put them in your inventory already. You will notice in your character sheet that you have, uh, under the weapon attacks, two different dragon tooth daggers. The lower one is your offhand. How that relates, or how that is interesting, is two-weapon fighting. When you take the attack action and attack with a light melee weapon that you're holding in one hand, which these things are, you can use a bonus action to attack with a different light melee weapon that you're holding in your other hand. The difference is that you don't add your ability modifier to the damage of the bonus attack unless that modifier is negative. Um, if either weapon has the thrown property, you can throw that weapon instead of making an attack with it. You could throw those if you wanted to, but I suspect you probably wouldn't want to. Um, so normally with a dexterity-based weapon, you add your proficiency modifier and your... Or sorry, your proficiency. You add your dexterity modifier to the attack. So if you attack with the second one, you just don't get that. But that consumes your bonus action, so you can't do like your cunning action, disengage Run away or whatever. Yeah. So you can take two knife slashes with your two daggers. Um, you just can't do like all of the crazy shit in one turn. Um, the nice thing about it though is I designed that weapon to be just slightly more powerful than your short sword as is. Mm -hmm. So your short sword on average would do like, I can't remember what it is, it's like six damage and one of these, the normal regular attack will do like 6.5 if you average it out over a long time. But because it's the two light daggers, you can take two attacks and you can do a lot more. Uh, so you've got those now. You also got uh, your bear pelt tanned and cut into a cloak, all fucking Jon Snow style. For the watch. Uh, the other piece is selling off the full plate armor. That's normally worth about 1,500 gold per set, but they're used and damaged, a couple other things. Uh, essentially what that came down to is I, I did some rolling based on some tables I found and you you put that in the armor consignment shop they sold after a few days after the consignment shops cut and everything you got 2010 gold for that what well except that that's a good that's a good price and last but not least was the amulet of levitation I fucked that one up um, it has Aww. two charges per day, not three, as was later stated. The first time I said it, it was two charges. Okay. So, it's not super critical, but... It's still way overpowered, so... Oh, God, yeah. I'll, I'll take mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> only two levitations per day? I can only fly pretty much as far and as fast <laughs> as I want to forever. <laughs> a couple <laughs> times a day, twice a day, not three. God. Fuck. So, guys, we're up to, like... Around $12,000. I think we're getting close to talking to um, Aegis. 
Bought the fire station. Bought the fire station. Just right. you wait. So it's another regular day. It is now... Uh, it has been early fall. It's been moving into late fall. Getting closer and closer to that harvesty time towards the end of the year. You guys had received a note yesterday from Aegis's envoys letting you know that he is going to stop by again. And there you are waiting in your household, in your uh, office rather, back area. And as is customary for Aegis by this point, he stops by right around noon. He kind of surprises you guys this time because he, he pulls up a chair at the, uh, at the fourth side of the table that you guys haven't occupied. Kind of leans back and puts his feet up on the table. And you guys all just kind of stare at him expectantly for a little bit. And he says, so I found a buyer for this dump. You guys interested in moving out of this place and getting into the new place? Uh, yeah. Yes, we are. Uh, how much was the offer? I can get you 8000 for what's here. How much do you want for the other place? Well, the original ask is 20000 But because you guys are my favorite people right now, I can get it to you for this place and another ten. <gasps> Pretty solid. So a net cost of two? Mm-hmm. Mm, so it's 20000 He's giving you a 10% discount. So it's 18000 So you'll have to come up with 10000 and give up the place where you currently live. That's awesome because we have like thirteen grand in the bank. I'm in. Where, uh, are we getting a fucking fire pole or what? You're getting a fucking fire pole, hard meat. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. You guys are uh, you guys are now the proud owners of a slightly larger building with some more rooms. Grace is very excited because she's now going to get her very own room, or at least she thinks she's going to get her own room. I guess you guys could be a dick to her, but. So yeah, you guys are you guys are moving on up. You've got a bigger place. You've got a little yard for her to play in. Um, There's a little outbuilding in the back. I believe we called it a two carriage garage or two horse garage. So with this safe that has the pog in it, the um, I'm trying to think of what pog it was that the the infinitely dense slammer. Yeah, the dying gonna, star slammer. Yeah, we're gonna be able to move this, right? It has a some sort of magical quantity inside of it that we can move this thing. Melvin's moved it before, so yeah. yeah. He's got some kind of a method. I gotta figure it out. Why are you even worried about that? You're probably worried about your copper knockers. Uh, those are stored away. I don't even have to worry about those. It's stored away in your pants. So? So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, come back to that. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> Argument ended. <laughs> We've we've had a couple of those now where it's like, yeah, well, this, yep, uh, yep, <laughs> okay then, uh, yep, <laughs> it does kind That's of end an argument. Appropriate. <laughs> All right, we got a fire pole. I got my own place. Yes. Yeah, you're moving up into your own bedroom. That's right. We can get dancers in here on that fire pole. Well, tell us tell us about this new house. Uh, what a, what a. How many levels? Are there stairs? Just a fire pole? Where are the where are the bedrooms? We have to climb up and down to the second story with this fire pole. <laughs> Fucking like, gre- <laughs> greased up pole, and you, that's how you can get upstairs. And, and the only bathroom is upstairs. So. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> well, you. I mean, you guys tell me, because uh, I figure I don't have a lot of skin in this game, because I'm not living there. Uh, my impression of it was that you would have a similar storefront, more or less what you've got now, because like. I don't know if I ever showed you guys. I had drawn a really rough plan, but essentially there's... Your current place has a front room, and that's where Perkins sits with a desk, like, to, you know, field 
people coming in and out, and that's where he does all of his office clerical, you know, does the very good taxes every year and whatnot. <laughs> and then there's a back room to that where your conference table and formerly Colvick's bedroom was. And uh, then there was a stairway at the back of that going upstairs to the three bedrooms, one of which was Roscoe's and two of which were Melvin's. I would imagine that the new place probably has, like, say, five bedrooms, but I don't know how this floor plan is going to lay out. Because we need... we need one for Colvick. We need one for Roscoe. We need two for me. <laughs> one for Perkins. And... No, nope, Perkins doesn't live with you guys. Oh, nope, that's he right, has he no place. Perkins fuck lives Perkins. elsewhere. Yeah, fuck Perkins, so... and one for Gracie. Perkins is the help. <laughs> Not worthy of respect. <laughs> so if you, if one of you guys wants to take the liberty of like drawing out a floor plan for this thing or however you want to do it, I'm open to it because I have not found the time to draw maps and floor plans that I want to at this point. How do we do that? Do you want it drawn in roll 20? However you can make it happen, man. A doodle on a scratch pad while you're at work. Okay. A photograph of some sticks you've arranged outside that look like the way you want it to look. Interesting. Okay. Macaroni art. If you want to do a floor plan in macaroni art, I think that's probably your best option. That's a, true. I'll see what I can Make do. A sweet beach sand castle. What do you <laughs> What do you guys think? What do you guys want in a house besides a fire pole? I want it to be a parallelogram. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck right angles. <laughs> you don't trust round numbers or right angles. Nope. No way, no how. <laughs> Some good signage outside. Bigger oh. than the the super friends. We have the we have the bronze dragon. So got skull, the jaw, right? That's we got the jaw. You have the lower jaw because remember the top part of the skull was sliced off effectively. Yeah, but still, that's pretty sweet, right? Dora, did you? What are you thinking, bigger? Uh, oh, are we gonna have that on the inside or the outside? I don't know, on the outside. Okay. Can be the V and very good. <gasps> Damn. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is where collaborative storytelling really trumps all. <laughs> Maybe we can cut parts off of other things for the other letters eventually. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> How big is this sign anyway? The very good adventuring team. We need How the big is the dragon's jawbone? Oh, so it was about a... as big as my wiener. <laughs> Just silence. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's taken that way up, apparently. <laughs> so it was a it was a young baby dragon, by the way. So it wasn't like super huge, but it was it was a but substantial. Still pretty animal. big, right? Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> like huge, like the biggest. The biggest baby dragon. Nobody does baby dragons bigger yeah. than It's your the biggest, baby smallest dragon. dragon you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I'm so, very um, happy we moved in here. I'm excited to see the macaroni art, um, you know, of this of this new house that you guys have. <laughs> what else do you guys want? Sweet sign, five bedrooms. We got a shed out back. Shed? Two-horse garage. Two- mm -hmm. Horse, are there horses in there? We don't have horses. We could have imagine just like some mothballed horses, like in the corner, all stiff legged. <laughs> Under tarps. 
You unveil it, and one of them's a sweet Corvette horse. <laughs> <laughs> Needs a little work. <laughs> <laughs> one leg's a little shorter than the other. <laughs> the paint doesn't match. What else, so, what else do we need? Needs off to two horsepower on a one horse. <laughs> what else do we need? Like we're an adventuring team. I feel like we need like some utility rooms or something. Like I don't know, weapon racks. Like the like an armory or. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys seem to carry pretty much all of your weapons with you, but it'd be cool to have like past weapon display. I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and like the the way I imagine the old place was like the narrow front room was like the Perkins room receptionist area. Then you had kind of a bigger room in the back and then the stairs going up. But because this building is more sizable, you could have a series of rooms on the first floor or more bedrooms or however you want to do it. Okay. I probably should be giving you reasonable limits and maximums, but I I feel like you guys understand the basics of construction and whatnot. I feel like we need a park callus. Sure. (laughs) You don't think we do? What do we, what do we, I mean, what kind of park callus are, like the one I'm, Imagining or like, you know, the sphincter opening, closing things? No. What's a portcullis then? Like a, like an iron gridwork door. You know, iron wolf together. Oh, like kind of like a security gate mm-hmm. of some sort? Okay, okay, okay. You, we need that? Yeah, to keep our enemies out. Okay. <laughs> not that we have very many yet. I mean, it's Andon, it's not Detroit. You know, you don't necessarily have to bar up the front, but it'd be Should, a good thing to have for what your about wealth. A, what about a moat? Do we need a moat? Well, we'll work on digging a moat around it. <laughs> you have you to think... buy up all the neighbor's property. Like, where mm-hmm. do you think the poop goes? Oh, no. <laughs> that would be the worst <laughs> moat to cross ever. I, I know where mine goes. I don't know where yours goes. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. It goes the poop dimension. The like third dimension. Like if we dimension. put our poop in his beehole, will <laughs> our poop go there, too? We can save on, like... I don't like utilities. Talking. I don't like talking about this. <laughs> you can butt chug our poop. <laughs> oh no! Oh my god! <laughs> Where are we gonna find ourselves a poop gator for our poop boat? Well, you get. I mean, there is a septic system in this city, so you don't have to poop into Melvin to get rid of it. <laughs> How would it work? Would you just press your butt really hard against mine? <laughs> I just I just started thinking about the the camera angle from the scene in uh in in fucking what's that movie? What's the Matthew McConaughey movie? Which Interstellar? Oh yeah, the Interstellar, the docking sequence. <laughs> we have to align perfectly. Well, I thought we don't open the hatch. Other. You don't have a good seal. You'd freeze it as it comes out of me, so I could insert it. Oh no, <laughs> I'm doing no such thing. Oh man, that's enough. It's what gonna if be you another have... great moment in editing where oh, I'm my like, God. Can I, do I have to take this out? Can I can I leave this in? What if I froze it inside of you? <laughs> that seems risky. It would puncture my colon. So well, I'd also imagine like you're using chill touch, so you've got to get a finger in. <laughs> Freeze it around your finger like a popsicle, and then pull it out. <laughs> Yes! I have been waiting to get you to uh, after the booger incident. Uh, and like a... What do they call those? Like, are they ring pops or something? <laughs> like a fecal pop? Poo pops? Poo pops? Anywho. That could be like a, a town service I could offer. 
extra money on the side. <laughs> that's, a, that's my side hustle <laughs> for all the kids on hot summer days. <laughs> I see poop pops. <laughs> well, kids, kids, get away from him. I was talking just deconstipating people, you know? <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, attempt number 18 to get back to... I episode. thought we were already started. Like, this, <laughs> this is content, man. That's true. That's true. This is what people come to us for. We did get a review that we are a guilty pleasure. So <laughs> there's someone right now, because I, I, now I feel like I have to leave this all in. There's somebody right now listening to us talk about poopsicles and Melvin's new service for the town, Melvin's side hustle. I mean, hypothetically speaking, if that was a side hustle, how much would I make? <laughs> You know, I feel like it's like I used to I used to build furniture years ago and it was one of those things where like there's a very small market but there's very little competition. So you can make good money off of it. There's just not a lot of people looking for the service. <laughs> I feel like I mean if we're talking about like fantasy medieval times here like what's more of a problem? People who are stopped up or people who can't get it to stop? Uh, good question. I feel like maybe if you like so freeze it inside, you could them. Froze a, freeze a little seal on the inside there. So that do you want to go eight hours without shitting yourself? Come talk to Melvin Hardmeat. More like Melvin Hard Poop. <laughs> Christ! What did you think? What would it be like if you got a like a frostbitten bunghole? That'd be the worst thing. It would. Look the, the worst, the worst thing? You can't imagine anything worse than that. No, I can come on. We don't need to go worse. <laughs> we don't need to go any further with this. So Aegis has been sitting at your table listening to you guys discuss. <laughs> Aegis, how's your poop? <laughs> <Firm>. <laughs> He's rich, man. He's got a good, healthy diet, right? It's true. So he kind of pulls his feet off the table and, and says, oh, I'll send somebody by with the paperwork. You guys can move in soon. All right. Also got uh, the Harvest Festival coming up. I know I've been keeping you guys in a bit of suspense about that. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to have you in a little competition again with your friends, the super amazing adventure friends. Fuck those guys. Every year at the Harvest Festival, in addition to all the crops and apples and other fun shit we eat, one of the best things is the Andan Alpha Crab. I look forward to that crab meat all year. It's fucking delicious. So down beneath the tunnels in the Undercity, beneath where all the kobolds are, you get a little further on, and that's where these crabs make their nest. The start of the Harvest Festival, you guys are going to go down there, and you got four days to come back with as much crab meat as you can. You got that handy portable hole thing. You can stock up quite a bit. Yeah, well, I mean, we have that. What about the super amazing adventure friends? That sounds like their problem, doesn't it? Whoever wins this is going to come out of it with 2,500 gold, and I'm expecting you guys to take the prize. Now, another thing about this. You may have noticed that uh, Lum is a real big, strong, heavy guy. Real heavy hitter. You may have also noticed that Helga's kind of the brains behind the group. The rest of them are kind of dumbasses. Now, without one of those two people, or maybe both... My guess is the super amazing adventure friends wouldn't really be any competition for you guys anymore. So when you're all down there doing your thing, gathering up crabs, and maybe one of those people happens to have a crab accident of some kind, I don't know if I'd be too sad about that. 
crab accident. Sounds terrible. It does. I'll give you a fair warning. These things are fucking dangerous. So, if somebody went missing, perhaps, while down there, well, I don't think anybody would think twice about it. So what do these crabs eat while they're down there? Adventurers. Loman Helga. Probably anded poop. <laughs> it is beneath the sewer system, so yeah. that's not an unreasonable assumption. Gross. And it's a delicacy. People are eating their own yeah. poop, basically, by eating these crabs. I mean, pretty much all crustaceans, that's what they are. I mean, like lobster, crab, they're all bottom feeders. Don't ruin crab for me. They eat poop. um all right i don't know i feel a little weird right now i don't know why like i feel like he's being too specific with the things that he wants us to do like why he's never really helped us out this much before he's really just kind of pointed us in a direction and we had to figure out what to do Mm -hmm. now it's kind of trying to get people out of his way right i don't get him out of the way maybe maybe i'm being too suspicious i don't know I don't know, I mean, that kind of turns us into a whole different ball game of people. We've never really gotten that far. Whatever. We don't like those guys anyway, so. No, they're dicks. Why are they dicks? We're the ones because. who sent them into an alphabet, okay? <laughs> <laughs> because. They really haven't done anything wrong to us, ever. They're just our competition. Mm-hmm. So Which we... makes them. Well, we're going to go ahead and save this conversation of what we're actually going to do until uh, Aegis leaves. Yeah, so we'll say at this point, Aegis kind of like gives you guys a nod and, and lets you know, you know, the, the Harvest Festival is still a little ways away, right? So yeah. you've got some time to discuss plans and figure out what you're going to do. He'll come back to you like at the start of the event and let you guys know when you can go down there. Because there will be some fanfare and whatnot. This is a spectacle for the town, remember? Mm-hmm. All right. So your... remind me again, we have Helga, who's the brains? Who's the brawn? Lem. Lem. Or, sorry, Lum. L-U-M. L-U-M. Lum, Earth Grip, and Helga Eagle Chaser. Earth grip. I don't know. Doesn't sound very intimidating. I have a very earthy grip. What if you could grip the whole earth? That'd be pretty sweet. That'd be pretty sweet. So there is Lum Earth Grip, Regincac, Crisis Oscar Lord, and Helga Eagle Chaser. Crisis Oscar Lord? Mm-hmm. Crazy name, huh? Too bad we can't kill him. Is he the, is he the Lord of Oscars? He, you know, I mean... You didn't directly say you should kill anybody or not kill anybody. Said disappear. Or otherwise disable. What could we do? What could we do? Well, we can just go down and win fairly because we're pretty awesome. The period of time to catch crabs is four days. Mm -hmm. You'll have four days worth of crab catching. We're going to have to be in these shitty tunnels for four days. Like, can we come out of the tunnels like every day or it doesn't actually matter? We just. You've got four days to do whatever the fuck we want. To catch crabs. All right. So how far away is the tower out of town? Uh, you've got more than enough time to get to this tower and back. Tower is going to be a couple days journey to, uh, to get there. And uh, then a couple days journey to get back. So we couldn't trap one of them up high in the tower. <laughs> the wizard tower? <laughs> That's awesome. What if we, we hire could some, set it? Well, what if we hire some kobolds down there to help us catch crab? Get like six of them. Kobolds are scared shitless of the crabs. That is oh. actually probably most of what they eat, so. Okay. So, how, how many days till the festival? Uh, you know, I wasn't specific about it before, but now I'm going to have to define. Let's say that you've got, let's say it's 12 days to the festival, 
Okay. And it is going to be a three-day journey to get where you're going, so then three days back. So you've got six days worth of unspoken for time. If we go there and back. What are we going to the tower for? We can. I think we can fool the stupid barbarian. and Lump to get up there. Melvin can use his levitation amulet to float the stupid barbarian up to the top of the wizard tower. He's just going to let me. No, we'll have to fool him, but he's a, a stupid brute. Mm-hmm. How are we going to get him out there? Does he? What do we know about these guys? We, how do we know what they like, what they don't like? How we don't we... read at the moment, but I imagine the stupid brute likes to go to the local taverns and get drunk, as stupid brutes do. So we worm our way in, get him drunk, maybe have a good time with him. Like, they don't we hate us. Way, we'll kind of good time with them. If we buy him a whore. Oh, I see. We save them some beers. sweet, super muscular shake that they can only get up at the tower. Or maybe I'm having love beers with them and get them drunk. And then you come in one. and say, hey, like there's a sweet wizard tower. I think there's something in there that'll help us catch crabs. Lum over here's. It sounds like you're trying to get him to lure him into the whore. <laughs> <laughs> Heard there's this super well, sweet way we can catch crabs. <laughs> <laughs> roll, roll for crabs. Classic. <laughs> well, that, that's kind of a good idea. We could go out there and set up some kind of trap and then let them overhear us that we stored some kind of loot or something like that at the top of that tower. Mm-hmm. And then see if they're stupid enough to go and get it. We don't know who will go get it, but maybe somebody will. Do we want all of them to go out there? I feel like all of them go, they'll have a way to get up there and get back down. Whereas if we just have the somehow get the stupid barbarian to the top, like he's going to be stuck there because he's dumb. Well, we need to figure out a way how one of them would overhear us, but only they would go out there and they wouldn't tell their friends. Maybe maybe it is with a whore. You know? Yeah. Maybe like, oh my god, there's this tower full, full of whores out here. Alright, let's try this again. So we need to figure out how to get all these guys a few of these people out there. So we need to come up with something that would lure them out there, but they wouldn't tell their friends about. Either that, or maybe it would be easier to do all this down in the sewer. Darker, quieter. And, I mean, I guess they would be together anyway, so maybe not. We gotta think also these guys probably are thinking about the same thing for us, too. Mm -hmm. Since we did send them into a cave full of Alpha, bring some alpha badgers into the sewer. <laughs> that should be the theme signature of, move. Like everything we we lure, like maybe we fill the tower full of alpha badgers. <laughs> like like that's everything involves alpha badgers. Well, these are and an alpha crabs. So it's true. We've we've branched out from alpha badgers to alpha bees to alpha crabs. Uh, I still like. I like, I like staying with Alpha Badgers all the time. All day, every day, Alpha Badgers. <laughs> Let's go to the bars and see if we can see the Barbarian. Okay. We'll just wing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we going to set a trap first? Do we need to set one? I don't know. Yeah, I suppose. Well, it takes a few days for us to get out to the tower, though, right? tower's about a two-day journey. Yeah, we can't go out and set a trap.
episode 17, The Flawless Plan, was released on February 25th, 2018. We will have another episode for you in one week. We will not fail you. We are the Very Good Adventuring Team.